I'll tell you what. Tonight I was going to teach on discipleship and for the next two weeks, but I really feel like the Lord is saying to share a little bit more about um, my experience at Kairos. Would that be okay if I scrap my notes and go a different direction? How many of you are opposed? Say, oh, don't even do it. I'm just kidding. If you don't know anything about Kairos, Kairos is a, a ministry of Gateway Church, and there's been lots of churches that uh, have adopted this ministry. And, and basically, it's, it's what you could call a freedom ministry. Some might call it a deliverance ministry, but the word deliverance or deliverance ministry can carry a very strong connotation that's negative. How many of you know what I mean when I say that? It can be very negative very quick. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about freedom. A second ago, I said that, that um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And what it is, is an opportunity um, for people to gather and hear the truth of God's word as it relates to um, Lies versus truth. The lies that the enemy would share with our hearts, with our minds, and sow seeds of deceit and lies and falsehood versus the truth that can be sown in our life. And how many of you know um, what truth can reap in our lives versus what lies will reap in our lives is very different. How many of you know that? That's what this uh, conference or Kairos is about. It's about sowing the truth of God's word in lots of different areas and then giving the uh, Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to you specifically about lies that you may have believed about God, about yourself, and then confront those lies with the truth so that you can walk in freedom. How many of you know that there are things that we can believe and hang on to hurts, offenses, experiences, um, things that affect us tremendously in our life that can literally like put these chains on us. You know, in Isaiah 61, it says that Jesus was literally anointed. He was anointed to set captives free, to break chains, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So, it is true that there is something that can put chains on us and, and, and bind us back or keep us back from uh, experiencing the fullness of Christ. And a lot of times, it is simply the lies that the enemy has sown. True or false? We can take that all the way back to the garden because what, what um, got Adam and Eve kicked out and bound to outside of the walls of the garden versus living inside the walls started with a lie. That lie that the enemy sowed and they, oh, you, you will not surely die. You, he just knows that you'll be like God. You guys understand? And so Kairos is designed to do that. Well, I've been a part of a lot of things like that. Um, some positive experiences and then some negative experiences as it relates to freedom ministry or deliverance. And there's all kinds of stuff out there. But I've had a lot of good experiences too. And the Lord has shown me so much about who I am, uh, who I am in Him, and uh, taking me back all the way to uh, mommy issues and daddy issues and things that have gone on in my life that have, that have affected the way I think and the way that I act. You guys understand what I mean? <clears throat> and so I kind of went in thinking, I know this is going to be good because everything Gateway does is excellent. But I just can't think of one thing that the Lord would show me or bring up. I don't mean that pridefully, pridefully or arrogantly. I'm just literally thinking, I don't know, Lord. We've, we've, un, we've, we've turned over so many stones, you know? 
And, uh, but of course you go in, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And so on the first, one of the first few sessions, um, they teach some principles and it's always really good. And then they don't force you to think down this road or down this road or down that kind of experience. They just say, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And then you just ask the Lord to show you something. And every now and then they will ask you to ask the Lord specifically for a picture or a word or whatever. One of the first things they ask you to do is to, um, to, and they taught this principle about who you are in Christ and your name and who you were called by him and all those things. And they ask you to, um, to ask the Lord for a name. The Lord to give you a name for this weekend. And I was, Lord, give me a name. And I'm thinking, give me Fabio. Give me, no, give me Brad Pitt, you know, whatever. <coughs> I'm kidding. But the Lord, um, there, was a, there was a word that came to me. And, um, and when, as soon as it came, I knew it was from my mind. You know what I mean? It wasn't Fabio. But it was something, you know. Uh, and, I, it's like, I, and I even wrote it down. I was like, man, that's not the Lord. I knew it wasn't the Lord. And then... Um, a word came, and it was son. I was like, really? Like, oh, man. Okay. And then another name came. Now, it's not so much a, a name as much as it is maybe an attribute, and it was accepted. Okay? Son and accepted. Okay, I'll take those. You know? And so I had that written down in my little notebook, and we start journeying on and... Um, I told you about my experience <laughs> when I was actually asleep in one of the sessions. I think it was after lunch, so give me a break. You know, you're like, food coma. And the Lord showed me those pictures. And honestly, some of those pictures um, were home life things, and, and, but some of them were school things and disappointments, and some of them were exciting things and, you know, all kinds of... And honestly, I don't even remember what they were. I just remember knowing what they were in the, in the moment. And I shared with you... Um, that they were good, some of them were good experiences, some of them were bad, and the Lord said, and I was there with you through all of them. I'm like, oh man. And that was good for me, because I've gone through a lot of good and bad, and uh, during the good, I'm like, yes, Lord, you are good, you know? But during the bad, I kind of shriek back. You guys know what I mean? I don't know why we do that. You would think it would be the reverse. You'd think that when things are good, you know, that we would just, and I do that too, kind of, things are good, maybe kind of coast, and when things are bad, you'd think that we would press in, but sometimes we, we, we push away. So that was interesting. But then there was another session, and again, they're teaching truths, and they're teaching this, and they're teaching that. And remember what I said, the Lord gave me son and accepted. Son and accepted. And there was a session in particular where they ask you to sit quietly, before they taught this principle, and they said, sit quietly before the Lord. And ask him to give you a picture. Ask him to give you a picture. And then, um, and these questions and these thoughts are written in your book. <coughs> so ask the Lord to give you a picture. And then what was the lie that you believed based upon that, uh, that picture? Okay, you understand? So ask him to give you a picture. And then what was the lie that you believed about that picture? And it was really weird because the first picture that popped into my brain was a picture that I'd actually seen. 
that my mom or grandma or somebody, and maybe everybody had the picture growing up. But it was a picture of me in my dad's, on my dad's chest. I didn't have, all I had was a diaper on, you know. But it was just me in my dad's arms. He was asleep in the armchair without his shirt on. So it was skin to skin, my baby skin to his skin. If you're a dad, you know how good that feels whenever you're holding your, your, uh, your baby skin to skin with you. And so I, I remember this picture. I can describe it to you. The armchair was leather and it was brown. My dad had a big old beard and long shaggy 70s hair, you know. And, um, and I was big and fat and plump and, and there was a diaper. And I was crashed out, you know, on my dad's chest. And he was crashed out too. You know how moms will do that. They'll come, oh, that's so sweet. You know, back then you couldn't post it on Facebook. So you just, you know, I don't even know what you did. You just kind of had that picture and you carried it around with you. I don't know. I look at and so that was a picture, and then, and I, I thought, oh, I remember that picture. It was literally a picture I've seen. Somebody has it, my mom, my aunt, somebody. And I thought, okay, the question was, what lie have I believed about that? And I thought, I can't even think of a lie that would relate to that. You guys hearing me? It's like, what lie could I possibly believe? That's such a great scene, you know? And then another picture popped into my brain out of the blue. And it was a picture of me sitting on an armchair, my dad sitting on another chair, and my stepmom sitting on another chair. One of them may have been a couch. Um, and I remember the scene. It was whenever I was about, uh, when I just turned 17, the summer before my senior year. But it was a scene where I, my dad, and my mom were sitting there, and it was after... My dad, my dad and I literally went in circles in the yard. Like, you guys know what I mean? In circles in the yard. Me and my dad were about to fight in the yard because of stuff. I was an angry teenager, and we'll get to that. And we never did throw down, but we circled in the yard for about 15 minutes. And it never came to anything. But where we ended up was in the house, in the living room. And the scene was, Dad, you don't love me. He's like, yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Why would you say that I don't love you? Because you've never told me. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. This is, this is the picture. You know how you just know all the things that are equated with that picture? No, you don't. Yes, I do. You've never said it. Yes, I have, Dad. No, you haven't. I've never heard, never heard you say those words. I love you. Well, you know I love you. Great, but you've never said it. Well, I shouldn't have to. You guys know what I mean? Some of you, this may be a pretty close to home experience or picture. And uh, that night ended, <clears throat> he still didn't ever, he never said that he loved me, okay? And then the Lord showed me the lie that I have believed. Really since even before that moment because of other things. And this is the lie that I had believed. Here I am at three, two and a half, three, maybe two, skin to skin on my dad's shoulder or on my dad's chest. And then 15 years later, we're circling in the yard and he can't even say that he loves me. And the lie that I believed was, love can be lost. That love can be lost. 
You understand? Can you imagine, and some of you may have that, walking through your, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old, ten-year-old, moving into your um, teenage years, preteen, teenage years, thinking that love can be lost. Those are two pictures, but there's lots of pictures in between. You guys understand? For example, about, two, about a year and a half to two years later, my mom and dad, they divorced. The same mom that took that picture and, and showed it to all her friends, they divorced. And back then, you know, one or the other got custody of you. You know, there wasn't so much that split custody thing. You guys know what I'm talking about? Way back there, Stone Age. And my mom had custody of me. So I went with my mom. But I was me, and having three sons, I understand. <laughs> I was probably a handful and a hellion. And my, my mom had a crazy life. And one day, and I remember this picture. I literally remember this. She brought me to my dad's apartment where he and my new stepmom were living. She brought me to my, my dad's apartment, literally knocked on the door, and walked off. I remember seeing my mom walk off. And then my stepmom opened the door and I'm like, <laughs> no, I wasn't like that. She probably thought it was. She's like, no! Now I'm not saying this to build up any sympathies. I'm trying to build to something here. Okay, This was my experience. Mom left. She had full custody of me, but I ended up being raised by my dad. And from who from that time on or who, whenever point never said that he loved me. He was good, like most of our dads, he provided roof and shoes and food and all that kind of stuff, but was not there and never said, I love you. You know, growing up, you just don't think about it. Life is life, you move on. But for some reason, when I was 17 and we're going around and around, I don't even remember what got us going around and around. But I realized the reason we're going around and around right now is because you don't love me and I'm angry. There's lots of things, you know, in between that divorce, going to step, you know, my dad and stepmom, and there's lots of things that have happened over those, over those years. Things happen, right? Stuff happens. But when you are believing a lie, and there's all kinds of lies that we can believe, but for me, love can be lost. That was a deep-seated lie inside of me, and it affected everything. It gave me a spirit of rejection. Believe it or not, I was super insecure. If someone was talking across the room or across the cafeteria, I immediately assumed, what? What? That they were talking about me. Planning something. That's ridiculous, right? Not whenever you feel rejected, alone, love can be lost. And so I was miserable. I was a miserable person, miserable teenager. My wife introduced the gospel to me and I eventually got saved. And I loved the whole idea of it. But how many of you know, whenever you believe that love can be lost, every time something goes wrong, every time there's a hiccup, every time there's a failure, every time there is... Um, um, a, a setback. Yeah, I knew it. God's love, God's favor's gone. I knew that wasn't going to last. 
you know? And it wasn't just a lack of love or saying I love you for my dad. My dad was notorious for promising something and not coming through. How many of you can relate to that? You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, yeah, we're going to get you that, son, whenever you, you, know, you, you do that. And you just work hard and we'll get you that. Okay, I'll work hard because I want that. Then you accomplish the goal and no. You know? And so all those kinds of things. And so all those things for me translated, love can be lost. Um, you can be rejected. You can be left alone. And it was painting a very, very inaccurate picture of the Lord. I'm a believer, but I'm not free. Why? Because everything would set me back. Everything would push me away from the Lord. And I still struggle with it. And I think that's why the Lord brought that up. Do I forgive my dad? Yeah, I forgave my dad in that last freedom session I went to. You know what I mean? I forgive you, dad. You were a moron. You know, you didn't know. You had your own issues. We deal with that, right? But is that the only layer? No, I didn't know. But the Lord said, I'm glad that you forgave him at that session. And at that session, you forgave your mom. And at that event, was weird, so you didn't get anything out of that one. And, you know, <laughs> you know, there's some weird stuff out there. You've got to be careful. But for this event, the Lord said, I need to go a little bit deeper, and I want to show you something that is steering your ship. And that is that love can be lost. Even the, the one who created love, the one who promised that he would never leave or forsake you. And it's interesting, you know, a scripture, I'm going to read it to you, you're familiar with it, and it's actually um, one chapter over from the text I was going to teach tonight. I was going to teach out of Exodus 33, but in Exodus 34, it says, this is the Lord talking, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. And it goes on to say, um, who forgives iniquities and transgressions and sin. It goes on to say quite a bit. And in another place it says, um, he is good to all that he has made. In another place where it says the same thing, it goes on to say, and he is good to all that he has made. This is the Lord that I could not connect to. A God that was rich in love, rich in mercy, rich in loving kindness. Like his love doesn't run, run out and he doesn't pull it away. It can never go away. It can't be lost. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or how many times you've done it. His love doesn't go away. Does that make sense? And I'm, I'm speaking personally. And I'm, I'm not getting as emotional as I thought I might. Maybe because I already cried all those tears at the conference and whenever I was sharing it with Melissa. I want to share that. I feel like the Lord is sharing that for two reasons. One, I truly believe. And this would tie in with whatever I'm, I'm teaching, but I'm not going to go there. I'll save it for next week. I truly believe that one of the things that keeps us away from the, from the richness of the gospel, the richness of the goodness of the Lord is simply because we don't trust him. We don't think that he's good because of our experiences or because of some lie. And that would be the other reason I wanted to bring this up. This is my lie. Well, not anymore because I believe the truth. But that was my lie for 
How old am I? Like 22? You know, I've believed this for 22. No, I'm 40. I'll be 41. So I have believed this for every bit of 15 to 20 years. Maybe longer, maybe my whole life. I don't know. Everything was like looking through a lens of love can be lost. Love can be lost. Or you've been rejected. Or you, you, you can't do enough to earn that love. Or you, and everything is being looked at through that. You understand? And it affects everything. Am I doing better? Yes. Do I have a long way to go? Yes, because there's probably another layer somewhere that the Lord wants to bring up. But he addressed the root, the lie. The enemy is a liar and he's a deceiver and he always uses falsehood. He's the father of lies. He always uses falsehood and he attacks the thing that God said about himself. The Lord said about himself, the Lord, the Lord God. And he doesn't say, I am. He just starts talking. The Lord, the Lord God, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. He is good to all that he has made. What is it that the enemy attacks? All of those things and more. You will not surely die. He just knows that you will become like him. And he doesn't want you to. Why? Because he's not good. You're going to need to take it for yourself. He's not going to give you that privilege. You need to take it for yourself. And there's some of you that grew up with that lie. You're going to have to take it for yourself. Or else you ain't going to get it. Take it for yourself. You just take it. And so your life is wrapped up in the works of your hands. Your works oriented. Your works oriented. Works don't get us to God. Works come from a desire to please God. And so that can come backwards. Because we can work, 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 work and not ever engage the love of the Lord. And I could go on and on and on about that. Again, the two reasons I felt like the Lord would say that, just to reiterate, is some of you have believed the same lie that the Lord's, that love can be lost or that the Lord's not good. But also to bring up anyone who feels like, I haven't been lied to, I'm not believing a lie, I'm okay. I think it was Paul that said, you're probably deceiving yourself. You're de- yeah, at that point, you're deceiving yourself. And my encouragement would be to get before the Lord in this presence. My wife said earlier that in the presence of the Lord come times of refreshing. It's in his presence that we experience freedom. It's in his presence that he reveals himself to us when we can be still and know that he is God, know that he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, good to all that he's made, those things will be revealed to us and the lies will be exposed. Why? Because lie, a lie is darkness. Lies are darkness and in his presence is the fullness of light and light exposes the darkness. So if you just get alone with the Lord and quiet, not just alone with all your stuff blaring, you know, alone and quiet, not that you dance like that, I do, but but alone and quiet, you will be amazed at what the Lord will show you and how he will confront lies. And here's the thing, um, and I'll say this, um, it, is, it, is, it is getting very difficult for us to get alone with the Lord. I was, I was confronted with this just yesterday. 
that it's getting so hard for me to get alone with God. I can be physically alone, but I'm never alone. You guys understand what I'm saying? And you guys, if we can't confront that in our lives, what we are doing is we are aiding the enemy. Because now he's not even have to work as hard to keep us bound up. He just knows as long as I can keep them out of the Lord's presence and from hearing his voice, then I can keep them bound up in the lies. If I can distract them with this, distract them with that. And I'm, I'm using phones and media because that's the obvious one. It could be anything. It could be work. It could be relationships. It could be anything. The Lord wants his people to walk in the fullness of joy, the fullness of life. It's why he came and there's not anything that he's holding back to keep us from experiencing that. How many of you believe that? You can put your hand down. I would, you don't have to raise your hand on this one, but I would, I would venture to say that some of you are like me and you've believed that the Lord is holding back and that he's removed altogether what it takes for you. And so you still want to be with the Lord. We still want to, so we show up and we're just, we go through the motions and we're just kind of not satisfied with where, with where we're at, but completely discouraged that we could ever experience anything different than average Christianity. And yet there's so much more. So much more. Maybe, maybe the Lord will show you a lie tonight that you've believed. Maybe he'll wait till tonight or tomorrow. I don't know. But at least you can move forward with the commitment to discover anything that is not true that you have latched your head and your heart onto. Because we can leave, we can leave here with that. We can leave with a... Uh, a, reun- a reuniting or a um, recommitting or a reestablishing of a commitment to hear from the Lord. You know? We can never really know when he's going to speak. You know what I mean? How many, time, how many of you have fasted? You've done like a three-day fast. And I just know God's going to speak to me. And then you're like, the third day, you're like, I just know God's going to speak to me any minute. I've got three hours left. You know, it's just coming. And then that three hours pass and you're like, you're gorging that meal. You know, I'm like, and then you're like, God did not speak to me. But then like two days later, it's like, this revelation comes out of nowhere and you're like, Jesus, you know. You know what I mean? So you don't know when the Lord's going to speak. You can't dictate that. All you know is what you can commit. And that is to commit to hear commit to listen, to commit to get to loan, commit to put the thing off, not just put it on vibrate, you know, Get it away, get alone, and listen. And I would say one more thing, just because I, I was, shouldn't be surprised, because anytime you set aside a time to go and pursue the Lord, and we'll talk about that next week, that was actually what, um, the Lord is faithful. I do want to encourage everyone at some point this year to make the commitment to go to one of the Kairos um, Meetings. They, they, Gateway does four a year. They did one in uh, the end of January. That's the one that myself, Marvin, um, several others went to. And uh, the other one, the one coming up is what, Marvin? April? Is there a slide on that? I don't even know. There was, I thought. Anyway. What? April 9th and 10th? Yeah. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> don't charge anything for it. And they got all kinds of food out there. They feed you. You might have to find a hotel or if you know someone, go to it. 
But listen, pray about that. And if not this one, do another one. My, my desire is that the whole church would go through that. Let's do this. I'm going to ask the team to come back and just minister um, some music over us again while we take communion. So let's do this. Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you for giving me the freedom to share something different. Hopefully it was an encouragement to you. We're going to take communion. If you're visiting, the way that we take communion is we have two stations, one over there in the back and one over there in the back should. And uh, we have some, uh, some matzah bread, unleavened bread, matzah bread. And you can go and take a piece and you can dip it in the grape juice. And, um, and you can just put it over your hand and you're welcome with you and your family or you and your wife. Or um, you can go somewhere and you can just, you know, engage the Lord. Jesus said to do this in remembrance of him, to remember all that he is, all that he has done. And then, of course, all he promises to do. Amen. And, uh, and take that. And, and my encouragement tonight would be to ask him, commit to hearing him about what, if anything, and surely there's something, what have I believed about him or about myself in him that is affecting my relationship with God? Jesus, he broke that bread and he lifted up. He said, this is my body. I've heard pastors say before that disciples were confused. Like, why would you say this is my body? If you know anything about that culture, and I don't have time to go into it, there were clues as to what he was saying. They were like, whoa, are you saying, are you saying, that cup which is called the cup of redemption in that Jewish Passover meal I've been drinking this cup of redemption third cup of the Seder meal for 1500 years and he lifted that cup and said this is the blood of the new covenant this is my blood poured out for many set before him his body was broken and his blood was poured out and none of us are exempt from that love you don't know what I did God does and he loves you so tonight as you're taking communion I want to encourage you to to establish maybe for the first time or reestablish that connection and then a commitment Lord I'm going to get alone with you reveal yourself to me show me there's anything that is keeping me back in my relationship from you. And some of you have been asking for direction. I feel this, I feel that, and I don't know why. And the Lord has handed it to you tonight on a platter. Amen.
So the stations are back there at your own leisure. You can go and usually there's a line that forms. Go with your family. If you're single, I encourage you to find a family that you could take communion with and pray together.
taste